Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of Our Voices, Our Community. Each week we focus on issues that are important to you and our community. We discuss social, political, and economic issues, but also arts and cultural and much more. Our goal is to merge local with state and national issues that affect our lives in Roanoke, the New River Valley, and Southwest Virginia. Today, we are joined by Will Solari and Catherine Stromberg. Hello. 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 How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Uh, we're going to have a special guest later on in the show, but uh, you guys have a great week. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a crazy week, right? Ups and downs. Well, a lot but of ups I'm and up downs. now. There's a lot of ups and downs going on. But um, some war I, crimes, you know, whatever. Oh, war God. crimes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing really happened, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I know. Some, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> war invasions and bombs and all sorts <laughs> of things is going on. But today we're going to talk about a couple issues here locally. We're going to talk about mental health. Um, over the past few weeks, we've talked about a lot of negative things regarding our school systems, and particularly Roanoke City. But uh, but there are some good things happening. Um, recently in Roanoke, uh, Roanoke school system um, is one of the few, Roanoke City Schools is one of the few local school districts that will be benefiting, benefiting from a federal grant to improve mental health services for students and parents. And parents are pleased about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I believe the Washington Department of Education um, gave a five-year, $2.5 million grant, and it will be used for training programs to increase the number of mental health professionals and their quality of service for six-year, for six high-need school divisions. And also in Montgomery County, um, which is interesting to me, um, they voted on October 1st they're now incorporating mental health days as an excuse six day, uh, sick day um, absences. So a lot of a lot of positive things are going on in our school districts. So I know Catherine, you've been. Um, I've been at school board. Yeah, you've been at school board meetings. Couple and times. You've been um, been very. Um, what's the what's the correct language for that? Loud. Well, yeah, loud. I didn't want to say loud. Loud is not well, enthusiastic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on this, but um, what do you think about the the changes with the mental health issues? So I'm super. There have always been things that Roanoke City Public Schools have done that I just you know evangelize, if that's a word, um, to others, you know, um, I've always loved their, um, their arts and their music, um, emphasis and RCPS plus, and now the, um, addition, I think, is this the grant that they're using to hire the extra social workers or is the extra social workers even separate from that? You know, I'm not sure, but I'm assuming based on the amount of money, I think it might be, I'd probably incorporate that in there. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm super excited. You know, my only... My only fear is that I really want these folks to be permanent. You know, I think to have a real impact. You know, I know it's five years. That's amazing. But, I mean, I want these folks to be on permanently and not relying on grant money, but part of our regular budget, I hope, yeah. that we see the benefit of that. So, yeah. um, I certainly told the school board, you know, more cops, fewer counselors. No, excuse me. More co- more counselors, fewer cops. <laughs> So, so. <laughs> at the next school board meeting, are you going to let them know that you appreciate them a little bit? Just a little bit? Just uh, a little bit? I know. I should. I should. Um, you know, I wasn't. 
I was trying to be so positive, but it, it was it was so strange because the school board sitting there, you know, being so um, harsh with Durham and so shocked and so like, you know, you're not treating this like a crisis. But I was so confused at the same time because like who chose Durham? Like, where's the accountability for that? Like, it's just so confusing because it's like, OK, you know, I appreciate that you're on my side. But at the same time, like, when do you look within and say, like, hey, we're what we we obviously we're doing something wrong. Let's change the direction here on that on that side. But we'll see. I don't know. You're yeah. right. You got to You got to have you got to It's got to be carrot and stick. Right. Exactly. I got to I got to throw yeah. them a carrot. I know. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, I like you said, always credit where credit's due. I, I love the arts. Uh, I love the Plato program. I love a lot of the the things that that they're doing. And I think this is a this is a step and a thing that seems obvious when you talk about it. But again, has such a long history of like, you know, when people came back from World War One, they're like, oh, well, they're shell shocked. It's fine. It was just the loud explosions. It wasn't all the horrible things. It has nothing to do with mental health. Everybody just got to tough it up. And uh, you know, up into Vietnam, like there was really no real positive outlook institutionally, whether it's in education or government or whatever else about mental health. And I'm glad that this shift has, has started to change. I mean, amongst work, you can, you literally can be burnt out and that's a form of disability. Now, you, know, you go in temporary disability from being burnt out from your job and that's how you retain people. You know, the, it's, it's uh, the people who work every single day or go to school all the time and don't have a break from it. Don't can't focus on any way in mental health are the people that retire, then die. Huh. Or the people that, you know, rage quit their jobs or have problems in schools. And most recently, you know, with the Nobel Prize uh, for economics, uh, those people were rewarded because they said, hey, look, when we meet people with their needs, uh, whether they're mental health or physical health, they actually perform better than just giving them books or more tests or papers or whatever else. And so I think this is a great shift in, in that kind of overall understanding of your health. And again, everybody knows, like, if you're not mentally happy, you're going to get sicker. You're right. going you're gonna to be, you know, more uh, apt to, to, to cave under stress and those kind of things. So especially in an environment that's as, like, I don't know, hormonally and formatively charged as public schools. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I when I read about Montgomery Public Schools, about it was a group of students who were really advocating this um, mental health. Which I thought was fantastic that they did this. Now, were now, they Christiansburg it, students? I'm just curious. Oh wow! No, no, no. See, I would have thought they were Sorry, Christiansburg Karen. students yeah. because no, okay. I would have thought. But well, well, okay, well here's, here's my point. They probably were born in Christiansburg and moved to Blacksburg. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> well, here's here's you know me. I'm always playing devil's advocate here. You sure. Know, I, I I think first of all, I think the students. I applaud them for doing it because I think it's really important to have the mental health days is, is, is um, excuse um, absences. Now, the, you know you have the angel side on your shoulder, <laughs> and then you have the devil side on the shoulder, shoulder. The angel side is very happy about this. The devil side of it is, okay, how are we going to monitor this? And this is a high school student. You know how kids, you know how you skip school. I'm just throwing but, you it know, up it's, there. It's the same way as, as faking sick. I mean, everybody's seen Ferris Bueller's Day yeah. Off. Yeah. It's oh, just going to yeah. be. I love that movie. Yeah, instead of, <laughs> instead of yeah, him, you know, 
faking that he's got you know the flu or whatever it's going to be you know like I'm, I just don't want nobody abusing it you know yeah, yeah. but because I mean it's important it's well, kids yeah I know it is so, kids so I wonder how are they going to monitor that you still only get so many days before you because when I was a kid it was 18 absences before you like 18? 18 yes yes I like, don't remember I that. mean yes yes well I know exactly how many it was because uh, when I was a senior I missed every single yeah, one yeah please believe I was also that kid who got uh, my parents my, would go hey well we got a letter from the state of Virginia about you going to jail if you miss more school my dad you got a letter you oh a yeah letter? Oh, my dad literally because if you wrote the note then it was excused like it was excused by your parent right so um and you were allowed to have 18 and two-thirds which is two tardies absences in a class before you couldn't pass that class so it didn't matter what your grade was my grades were all fine so i had 18 and two-thirds absences from um one of my classes no, I didn't, I, <laughs> the first period first I period english <laughs> i received a whooping i don't know <laughs> oh, yeah, the letter the letter i didn't worry about the letter i, re, I remember the belt <laughs> the, the, the letter was definitely the, the the preamble to all the trouble that followed uh, wow so well i hope that um first of all i'm very happy that they um both roanoke city with the grant coming in um i'm, I'm glad um that we're really addressing the need of mental health and mental health in our community and also montgomery county schools and, I, and applaud those students the high school students who really thought of of really trying to get this implemented and, and also they learned about going through the political process of making it happen yep. yeah. yeah yeah this is great so um you know yay for our youth yeah. yeah yeah so well the other good grant that just came through was the one for the um for the via the police department but for the um they're going to have somebody who's going to do the intervention you know to to make sure that people are getting the proper um connections to services after okay. a shooting yeah um i believe and so um i just I also wanted to give a shout out actually to my friend Lori Haas because okay. um, Lori is a um, statewide advocate, but she's the one that made it so that those grants that the police department got can go to, um, you know, community community services okay. and um, and community um, community focused services instead of just to police equipment. She's the reason. So oh. I just, I mean, like the the governor changed the the granting process, and I just want to give her a shout out for that because it's not that. You know, she convinced the governor. She told the governor the the, the, the the state of Virginia was leaving a ton of money on the table. And and um, part of the reason was because the way that those grants were structured, the, the wording of them was that like it, it was just being used for like equipment. And wow. she said all this Justice Department money is being left on the table and Virginia needs to do, do a better job. And so now they're they're right. They, they're putting the guidelines out from the state of Virginia so that you can write these grants so that they're asking for these community um, these these um, community based services personnel instead of um, just more police officers or more police equipment. So it's really it's quite, it you know, community services instead of. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic because it's one of the things we talk about on the show all the time is begging people to think more progressively, more creatively. Yes. You don't have to, again, and this is a situation where you didn't have to, you know, redefine the wheel. No. You could just take an existing asset that's there and, and, and figure out a new and better way to use it. Well, kudos to her. And um, and kudos and, to the police department for using that in that way. So yeah, smart for them. Yeah, smart for them. And Getting kudos to our beloved governor. 
Uh, <laughs> well, you know, that's the, you, you did that. You said that. Yeah, I've never loved governor. You know I have my issues with the governor. But, uh, well, at least he's attempting to do something. Yeah. So we'll give, we always give credit when credit's yeah. due. And also give credit when it's bad, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Our guest today is Roanoke City Manager Bob Cowell. Bob has served in this role since 2007. The city manager assists the mayor and city council in achieving the goals that are established in prioritized areas. Prior to coming to Roanoke, Bob held leadership roles in city and county government for more than 25 years. Today, we're going to talk with Bob about the search for a new chief of police. As many of you know, Chief Tim Jones announced his retirement, which goes into effect February 1st, 2020. Bob, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's okay to call you Bob? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my, my name is Robert, uh, no. so a lot of people call me Bob. Yeah, my dad's Robert, so. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I appreciate it. Well, no, no one, one point of correction said 2007, but it's been 2017. I'd be very impressed if it had been that long. Oh, 2007. Well, that's so. right, because there would be two city managers, and there might be a conflict of interest. Thank you. No, no problem that. at all. Um, well, again, welcome. Thank uh, you. Thank you for joining us. Um, this part of the interview, we usually, I interview 101, and then what I affectionately call call the bunch chime in and sure. start asking great questions great. so bob um as i mentioned before you um chief tim jones announced his retirement and so you're the city is currently and actively looking for a new police chief so how do you see the police chief's role in shaping our community yeah you know the police chief has one of the most i think critical roles in the community as far as staff members um you know the the vision or the direction of the city of course is established by the city council by the mayor and the city council and then our job on the administration side is to try to figure out how to actually implement on that vision and that strategy and um but the chief so the chief of police doesn't really set that overall direction what they then do is try to take that kind of direction and tailor it for the law enforcement side um, of the community and so the role that they have to play really is building those relationships with the community okay. and trying to you know help people stay safe in the community um, trying to really respond to that direction that both the council gives indirectly and me that I give the, the chief directly uh, okay now you and your team develop a survey that was sent out into the community yeah. Um, how will the results be used? Uh, from yeah, that's a, I'm glad you asked that question. The, uh, the survey is something we added to this search. Um, the last search included uh, the stakeholder interviews and conversations with council, which I certainly um, have done in this instance as well. But I was really looking for something that I could use that reached out a bit further than you're able to do in stakeholder interviews. A lot of times in stakeholder interviews, you end up defaulting to the same people um, as usual, and I wanted something that was more encompassing. And so the survey did that, and I know we'll, we'll talk in a few moments about the results of that um, yeah. survey but the, what I intend on using it for at this stage is it's helping me inform when I meet with the recruiter as to what it is that we're going to put in that recruitment portfolio or profile what we're looking for okay. in that chief we'll use it again though I think later when the interview process comes in because I think it'll help that interview panel understand what the community was saying at the time that we asked that question I even think there's utility for it when the new chief is on board because I think it's a great document 
document to hand yes. a new chief and say, hey, the, you know, the good segment of our community responded to what they're looking for in a chief and what they think the focus ought to be initially. And so I think it'll be a good tool for several steps along the way. And what, um, do you have any results from the community? We, we do. Um, it's breaking news for you it's because breaking. I haven't, well, I haven't released it. <laughs> I haven't released it yet at all. We'll probably post it in the next few days. So we had 700 people, um, just a little over 700 people okay. respond to well, it. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'd say probably when I went through all the zip codes, as long as everyone was honest and their zip code answers, only two of them fell outside the city. So I'm pretty confident this was a good segment of the community that responded. And I um, mean, we will post those results online. What I'm doing is I'm putting together kind of a three or four page sort of summary um, that summarizes my stakeholder interviews along with the conversations I've had with council. And then next to that will be the results from the, the community survey. And if you remember in the survey we asked, I asked um, three questions that were kind of drop down sort of menu questions okay. and then one open-ended question. Yes. Um, the open-ended question will be just presented out to the public raw so you can just see what everybody said except for two. There were two answers that uh, need to have some language removed Ooh, from them. Probably need to be edited. <laughs> Yeah, but actually, I feel pretty. I feel pretty good. I mean, I figure after you know, in that case, out of the seven hundred, there were about five hundred and sixty people or so that actually took time to do that answer. Okay. And out of two, if two of those have language that probably shouldn't be out there public, I feel I feel pretty good. Oh, okay. and, yeah, and we, and we can certainly talk more as we go along about kind of what that survey, um, what the answers were, and what they said. And stuff. Okay. Um, recently, um, Vice Mayor Joe Cobb came on onto our show, mm-hmm. and um, we kind of gave him some some suggestions and one of them was involving the community in the search process right is that something that you are planning to do or is it something you're going to incorporate into yeah, the search you know i tried obviously at this stage what i wanted to do is get more input as to what we cast out there to the world to say this is what we're looking for in a chief so that was part of the reason for the survey the next step in that process really will be for the community will be um the panels and okay. so i'll have two interview panels um one will be when i'm just referring to sort of the internal panel and that's okay. the the city representative so for example you might have the fire chief on there you certainly will have um, at least one if not both the assistant city managers on that panel um, I actually won't be on that panel there'll be other folks inside the group that will be on it okay. then there'll be a community panel and the community panel prob- my guess is five seven maybe as many as nine get many more than that it becomes really unmanageable and these will be folks um, not necessarily the same folks that I interviewed for the stakeholder um, although there'll be I think a couple of those on there mm-hmm. trying to represent as as best you can in seven people or so a cross-section of the community um, and they will be the ones interviewing the uh, the folks coming in the final candidates as they come in the other thing I'm kind of contemplating is when we get down to you know that final candidate that looks like this is the person or maybe it's the final two I'm not real sure yet as we go along um, I'm looking for a way to, to create for lack of a better term, kind of an open house, kind of a meet and greet, come see this person, interact with this person, and then figure out a way for me to follow up with the people that actually attended that event, just to get that impressions in kind of an informal sort of setting. The reason I say I'm not sure about the one or two, Virginia is a state that approaches interview processes pretty differently um, really? in that they tend to keep things fairly confidential as oh, they yeah. go through the process. Yeah. So where I came from in Texas, that's not the case. You apply it's out there it's in the it's in the public and you have to do that kind of mental calculation as to is the risk worth it to my current employer or with my current employer so it 
it's nice that people can apply and if they're not selected, they don't suffer any consequences in their current job. But you have to balance that also against kind of that transparency as you go through the process. So I think toward the end, I'll be looking for some other way in addition to the panel um, to, to try to engage a little bit broader section of the community. In your pool, as you're doing your search for the police chief, um, are you using a search firm? We will be. Um, you know, I have mixed mixed feelings. Yeah, I have mixed yeah. feelings. And, search and, firms. We, and we don't always use search firms. A, a good example is at the same time I'm recruiting for a new, for an assistant city manager. Yeah, that's right. Um, know, Brian will be retiring. Brian, leaving, um, yeah. Yeah, so Brian, Brian, Brian Townsend. Right, he'll be yeah. retiring um, toward the end of June, I believe, next year. Okay. And so in that case, we're doing that search in house, um, not using search firm. Just didn't didn't think it was necessary. Um, they did not use a search firm last time for the police chief um, selection. Okay. I felt like this time I really wanted to have kind of a third disinterested party, if you will. Okay. Only interested in the fact of doing their job right because paying them, but disinterested <laughs> in terms of who might be looking or not looking to really help us to kind of put some uh, sort of, again, a little bit of transparency to the process and a little bit of, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, so, something that doesn't, uh, that avoids as much bias as we possibly can as we go through that. So we will be using a firm. Um, we cast the RFP back in September, um, got four responses to that uh, okay. in September, interviewed two of the firms, and we're currently in contract negotiations with the one that, that one we think did. we'll end up using. And I hope by either the end of this week or early part of next week we'll be able to actually um put out what we'll do is we'll put the um, scope of services out on the website so folks can see what we're paying okay. for and what okay. we can expect from that firm and then they, they should be here probably the first part of november to start working with us okay sounds good sounds good and i know um i know we have limited time with you and i know being city manager we have a array of questions and i know we're going to be talking <laughs> about that but i'm going to include the rest of the group in um with will and um catherine catherine you wanted to ask the question um, so i did this is not a pre-approved question so everyone <laughs> should suddenly get nervous no i'm just kidding um no, this no. is a total this is um I you won't be you mad about behave, this one catherine. i know um, i promise twice in advance um so um have you considered having someone who's like a domestic violence um not not an advocate for domestic yeah, violence but an advocate was, against domestic violence um, on the um, like the these um, stakeholder or search committee yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. committees because absolutely um, the um, one of the folks that I've got kind of, I've started to kind of craft a list that's well beyond my list of nine people or so of at least folks I start thinking about and thinking of ideas and so certainly for example the uh, Sarah um, group would be a logical party that I would look to to say hey is there somebody in that group that might be interested in participating on this so yes I do think that the advocates for those that are survivors of domestic violence um, would very likely be um, one of those that I would look for. And, and you know, the same is true with um, having others like uh, Brenda Hale, for example. And, and let me explain, not only is Brenda's perspective key on this, there's a couple of folks that were on the interview panel last time. Okay. Brenda was one of them. I think bringing some, a couple, not many, but a couple of folks that were on last time will bring a unique perspective that we wouldn't otherwise have. That way we've got somebody who went through the process four or five years ago, um, got, um, it was unanimous out of the panels as to um, choosing the, the Chief Jones and, and sort of them having the ability to reflect back then and say, would I have asked a question differently? Would I have asked different questions? And so I think um, Brenda will, will be one of those, certainly. I've already talked to Brenda and obviously Brenda's um, always interested in helping us in a, in a variety of ways. And, and that's and, Brenda Hale, president at NAACP. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. I, but yeah, absolutely, the advocates for the survivors of domestic violence absolutely will have to be one of those on the panel. So, yeah. okay. Jen, I think 
think Catherine touched on a good point. You definitely answered some of it. You know, what are some of the things that are, I guess, more current um, qualifications and, and, you know, details about the potential chief that you're looking for now that maybe, you know, no one thought of when they were looking at people like Chief Jones or even going yeah. further back, you know, we have it all, everybody has kind of a stereotypical idea of, well, that's the sheriff or that's, you know, that's the chief and, right. you know, they do this and that, but, you know, kind of what's changed in, you know, in 2019 that, that people are looking yeah. for in a chief of police And now. that's a great question because I probably answer that by saying what hasn't changed. And when you think about it, you think four years ago, five years ago, when we were last looking for a chief and you think what's happened um, in the country in that period of time, and even, even to a certain degree in our own community, and almost everything about policing has changed, or at least about the expectations of policing on the on the inside part of it, so the police themselves are using data much more often in, in their policing ev- efforts. They're looking at evidence-based solutions more often. On the flip side of it, on the community side, the expectation of community engagement, of, of genuine community engagement and relationships, um, you know, expectations that you'll work with the community um, and obviously rooting out all forms of bias, um, ensuring that not only is the force diverse, and I, and I think this is a really good example, four or five years ago, the question would have been, um, do you believe in a police, uh, diverse police force? And of course, anybody running for chief would say, absolutely, I believe in a diverse workforce. And they would talk about, well, how do you do that? And you would hear things like, well, I do this kind of recruitment and I do these kinds of efforts. To And that conversation has now shifted to inclusion. Not so much. It's assumed that you're going to have a diverse police force, um, just like any other workforce. Now it's how do you actually then make the folks that you've brought into your organization feel welcome and genuinely part of the police force? That that's a very different question than would have been asked four or five years ago, just because it wasn't part of the, the conversation at that time. So I think that's that's just kind of one example of that. Well, good. Okay, Kat. So um, sort of springboarding off that inclusion question. Um, so my, when I grew up, actually, my um, parents' best friend down the street was actually the town manager of Blacksburg. Oh, okay. And um, he was town manager in Blacksburg, and then he went out to Boulder, Colorado. And so I kind of have this like weird, unique perspective of having <laughs> been an eighth grader, like getting driven to school and being told, like, you know, town business, <laughs> and then being called to, told to keep my mouth shut. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> I thought it was so boring. You didn't need to tell me to keep my mouth shut at that time. That was Robert for um, the record. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm um, That's right. <laughs> um, so, but anyways, so um, one thing he did tell me was that you know you as the as the city manager or town manager, you know, you're the professional, but you have to keep your like you know fingers on the pulse of which way council is moving and that can change over time right and um you know we have seen this dramatic shift you know you're talking about four years ago you know we've seen even this dramatic shift in council in terms of now council is majority minority Mm -hmm. so um you know if you add all the people who identify as a minority um either um sexual orientation or um you know any other ethnicity yes so if you add it all together then that's majority minority council and also majority female council and then we're talking about hiring not just a police chief but also um uh you know an assistant city manager and um you know you're talking about inclusion and and recruitment and one of the things that i wonder is you know how much of your focus is on making sure that the actual upper management sort of reflects that um because i know you guys are professionals i know you keep your pulse there to see which direction council is setting but at the same time you know knowing that you see in that upper level management of the city the reflection of the diversity on council is that right, you know is right. that an important um goal to set out yeah, it, in, it the, in the recruitment yeah it is i think you know for the city 
we have inside the organization five or six kind of core values, and one of those is diversity and inclusion. And we've been working a lot over the last few years to try to make that more than just a words on a poster, um, and and actually focused on making sure that at all of our ranks. And when you look at the city as a whole, our diversity is pretty good. When you look at upper ranks, and you that's, where, through, that, yeah, that's where every it starts to fall apart. Right? Yeah. Every organization and has that. So I think most definitely with the chief, and the, and the best way to do that. One is making sure that our recruitment is widespread. The other, though, is making sure we don't advance in the conversation of recruitment, I mean, of the uh, the interviewing, until we know we have a diverse pool of candidates. Um, it's harder in the organization, actually, for the promotion side, because you've got this long period of gap where the organization was not as diverse. And so you've got all these folks kind of lined up for promotions in a variety of different departments that may not be as representative of the diversity that we're seeking. And so what that's caused us to do in a lot of cases is bring folks from outside in order to add that that diversity in the organization. And But again, I think within the police department as well as within the rest of the organization, we've got to also be able to move beyond diversity and get into that inclusion piece as well, which I think is even probably at the end of the day, even more critical, getting them there, but actually fully engaging them and really tapping into the power that that diversity brings is really where the strength is, not just getting them to the table. Well, Bob, I know we can ask you a lot more questions on a lot more different subjects. So we really appreciate you joining sure, us sure, today. Thank you. And also, you know, we always are we ha- we are a little opinionated. So <laughs> I do have one opinion. We all are. You know, I, we do have a couple of suggestions, especially when you look at the community. So make sure you really look at the millennials mm-hmm. when you look yeah. address the police chief, because uh, majority of the the incidents that we're having in our community, especially the shootings, are millennial related. Yeah. And so. So we'll make sure you have someone who can, on your your advisory yeah, absolutely. to make sure you can b- yeah. provide a perspective yeah, absolutely. to that I too. even, uh, as a part of the uh, stakeholder interviews, one of my stakeholder groups were about 40 to 50 middle school youth. Um, mm-hmm. And it was actually at the uh, youth summit that occurred over at William Fleming. Great. And so okay. we were able to talk with them through it. And it was interesting because about two thirds of their answers mirrored exactly with what the adults are saying. But yeah. about a third of them were unique to the youth. Yeah, um, and, you're yeah. a unique group. And yeah. um, so that's yeah, it. Well, thank well, you that's so much. Well, that's Gen Z though. Like I middle school, that yeah, would that's be Gen the, Z. That's the next or even one down. Okay, maybe you know what I can, you know, <laughs> no more, no more generations. <laughs> generations are over. Generations are over. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but no, that's uh, absolutely. I think that diversity on the panel needs to be geographic. It needs to be gender, racial interests as well, okay. and 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 do all that with seven people or nine people. That that'll be the challenge. But absolutely. Well, well, well I feel confident you'll make it work. Well, thank you. Thank you so much yeah, for joining you. us. Thank all you. right, thank you. Well, that was good for uh, our city manager to come and join us today. It was uh, it was a great it was it was good for him to stop by and um, share his views about the police chief. What are uh, what are your guys' views about what's going on and what, and then the way he is setting up the process to select our police chief? Well, again, I I think a lot of what you know the city manager talked about was great. Um, you know inclusiveness and, and all the things that we expect in 2019 being more than a poster I think is a really wonderful start you know the ability to adapt to the current needs of a city what's going on here right now and and the kind of climate that we live in is very uh, important instead of just kind of again that's how we end up with that old guard we always talk about well if we still always hire the same ways that we used to if we still keep doing the same ways if it's, if it's still just for lack of a better term just an old white guy that we hire to do this 
we're going to get the same outcome every time. And I think this approach, um, I think is great. I really was really pleased to hear about the middle school aspect too, because that's, that's a lot of what we talked about. Some of the issues with the master plan. It's like, yeah, if you only ask people between the ages of 28 and 48, you're going to get a pretty common answer amongst most of them, what they want in Roanoke. Uh, but they're not really the ones who are using parks and whatever else. So again, I think this is a great, uh, a great first step into this process. Yeah. Catherine. Um, well, I'm surprised that Will didn't specifically tell him to... Um, Where's my skate park? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I was waiting shock. for the skate do the skateboard question. Yeah, no. What's going he on? He didn't say, why don't you take off all the, like, skateboarding, like, spikes that you put everywhere? <laughs> no, Bob, to his credit, had nothing to do with that. that, was, that <laughs> I'm was, kidding. I'm if kidding. we're talking about beloved mayors, that was... Uh, oh, that, that was, was oh, yeah, Bowers yeah, watch. Bowers. Uh, that was Bowers thing. Okay. Well, anyways, um, so, uh, you know, I am... I feel very hopeful right now. Like, this is, like... You one of those moments of hope but then um you know hope often has to you know you you campaign and you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose so i think that you know the proof is really going to be in how once somebody gets here um first off i think it's going to be hard i think it's going to be hard to meet kind of some of these lofty goals because one of the things you know he was talking about is the people in the pipeline like the people with enough, I think that the people with enough experience to be pushed up into those upper ranks of a police department are going to be people who have a little bit more conservative outlook because they're specifically, you know, harassment and things like that. And just unpleasantness is what pushes people out who have like of an institute of a conservative institution like that is what pushes people out of a of that kind of institution. Um, where they just can't stand to kind of like sit there and, and bite their tongue and, and not say anything for, you know, 20 years to get the experience to the end, be the one to turn around and be like, Hey, guess what? Nobody's allowed to say that stuff anymore. Um, so on the one hand, I am incredibly hopeful. On the other hand, I just have to acknowledge the reality of what, what all were the, the uphill climb still of, of finding a police chief that, will be able to embody those values and still be looked to from the from the police the, from the rank and file. I mean, one of my fears honestly is that we get somebody great and the rank and file revolts against them. I mean, we, didn't we talk about a case? What, what was the what, what what city was that? Was that Chesapeake? It was in yeah, Chesapeake yes. Norfolk or somewhere. Yes. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yeah. With the, uh, so, you're about African American. Yes, they woman. had an African American woman and yeah. then she, you know, there was a revolt of the right. the rank and file and they kind of just undermined everything every turn. She was unable to get them to, you know, she was appointed the leader, but they refused to follow and just their absolute stubborn resistance to it. I mean, and I've seen this a couple of different places with yeah. a couple of different chiefs, like um Buttigieg or whatever had his police chief that he fired in um in Indiana yeah in his, where 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 is he the mayor of mayor of um his, his name is Mayor Pete I think <laughs> he's mayor, mayor of everywhere all, yeah. <laughs> it's mayor all right Pete. um but he but he he had a police chief who recorded a couple of the um police officers because they were using like disparaging language about people you know either sexist or, or racist language and it was it was disparaging and um he recorded them and he did not have their like consent to record and that was a problem so he ended up firing him but the whole reason why they were recording them is because they were saying this stuff and nobody was calling them on it and nobody was able to do anything about it yeah i, I don't I, know I, I think um i think you're right if we're gonna if we're looking and trying to find a police chief for the that the community is really helping and want to be in this community then the community is going to have to back them 
when they get here um, to when they start talking about the different policies and if they're getting feedback from the from internally um, I think they're gonna I think our community is gonna have to step up and, and be strong and, and ensure the will of what as our community this is what we want and they're gonna need to internally they need to fall in line or they need to fall out <laughs> in a lot of ways, and I know it's difficult to say that. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, we're gonna if we're gonna have someone that we're really trying to focus on what we want as a community and a police chief to be the leader of that, then we're gonna have to support them if that's what the type of person we want. And you know, I'm I'm opti- I'm always optimistic um, about um, when we're trying to find new beginnings. So I'm always optimistic and always like to give people a chance to. Um, as well. So, uh, first of all, I'm glad that the city manager um, actually decided to join us. Um, and, I and know. That, I know that was very um, surprising. So, I have to. Have great to, info. Yeah, great and fantastic information. And I'm glad and I'm glad he um, sat down with us and to answer some of these questions because I think it's important. And then also the process that he is he is attempting to do. And trying to get the community involved. So, um, again, I'm optimistic, and and from right now, I am still in the positive. I'm being yeah. positive about it, and Although see what happens. We outed him as an Aggie, so everybody, he's, he's an, an Aggie. Aggie. Oh, he, well, he, he admitted what? to. He admitted to. He admitted <laughs> to. <laughs> like, I'm a Longhorn, technically, but <laughs> well, I'm a Sooner. Actually, my family. From this Oklahoma. was before I'm we sorry. started taping. I'm, so I, I, I'm not going to start with Virginia Tech because I know. <laughs> We're trying to get yep. sponsors here, so <laughs> I'm going to be nice about this. <laughs> but um, well, you know, ahead. I, I oh, like. Well. I, I always appreciate Bob's initiative, just like Joe's and everyone else. Everyone lost and everyone who's come on the show, um, and you know, I think this is a. I think we've done really well getting a lot of interesting people in lately. And if anyone's listening that has you know any inkling or or something uh, they want to talk about in this community, I I think we you know more the merrier. Yes, I mean, they actually can respond on our Facebook page on Our Voices, Our Community. If there's some topics that um, they want us to bring up and talk about, that would be good to... Uh, for us to help facilitate that. Yep. So, um, and I know, Catherine, you're always eager to. I am always eager. But, I, but sometimes sometimes I'm told to have my questions pre approved, which I, I think is a that's good right. idea. We're not trying to censor you, I think Catherine. That's a good idea. We just want to make I think sure. I, some of my questions need to be pre approved. Some of my questions do not deserve to see the light of day. But, you know, I say this because I know the governor's listening right now. <laughs> the governor's listening. Well, so, oh, okay. Well, Dr. Well, Northam, if you'd like to join us. For this from the governor, um, especially my love have you <laughs> members of MP, MPP? Yeah, uh, love to see all you guys in the show. Dominion executives, where are you? Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I don't yeah. think we're not getting money from them. So hey, we're gonna be wrapping up. So of course, you know, we have to ask that that famous question we do every week. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to this week? Um, um, Catherine, of course, you're the only lady. Well. Karen is is monitoring us. She's not in the podcast. I know. But, I know. Well, I do but, hope she's feeling better. Oh well, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's reach out to um, Karen Fry Cobb, our our other member of the bunch, and I hope she, you know, prayers are with her, and hope she feels better. I know she's under the weather, but we hope to see her next week. Hopefully, I hope everything is yeah. feeling better for her. So, uh, we love you, Karen. So, um, we hope you um, come back. Um, and we love our producer and also uh, occasional co-host. Karen Jones also. Yeah, Karen Jones. Karen Jones is kind of just watches us, making sure that Catherine doesn't mess up. You see the evil eye. <laughs> She's oh. our censor, making sure we don't say anything crazy here. Yeah. So we appreciate, we always appreciate Karen uh, Jones uh, helping us 
as well. So, Catherine, what are you, right. what are so you looking for All right, so I am looking week? forward to, I know on this Thursday, we're going to see what the Gun Violence Commission, or excuse me, Task Force comes up with. And, yes. Um, Is that the final report? No, no. I think it's just a preliminary. But, um, you know, my sense of it is that things are not, I don't, my sense of the process is that there's not a great deal of. Um, we shouldn't be excited about uh, it. No, 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 no. That just that um, my sense of the process is that there's not, it's been very quick. I will say that. So I don't know how much, you know, when you're, when you're pushing a thing along i don't know how much room there is to maneuver towards the end when it's already been a fairly quick process in terms of like a, like whatever it is i think it already kind of is what it is does that make sense yeah i, think I don't so. i don't think that there's a lot of mo- mo- room for change at the end just because it's already been so fast that i think whatever they're kind of pushing forward is what they're pushing forward and that's and i mean i'm excited to see what it is we'll, we'll find out um i think i think we need maybe to talk about having another one of these because this first one was fast yeah okay well you know it's interesting this morning i will i always um, go check um my mail at the post office and on the Berglund center the marquee um there is a gun show oh god um, this weekend which you know i immediately was very irritated about this well you know and and, and i think we talked about or maybe we talked about it before that that you know, if we can kind of help eliminate these gun shows in our in our city limits, I mean that, that was can be part of one the of testimony. The we can yes. Certainly, there were people who gave that feedback yeah. um, to the gun violence task force. So yeah, um, I mean that's I mean we're talking about I mean we're having shootings and and deaths and and then we and then have, it's guns guns it's, it's guns, guns. grab I mean, your I, guns that, that's, more it's guns. It's kind of disappointing. I, yeah. Well, I you know, it's a tricky thing, right? Yeah, because. I love the Constitution, but also, you know, in terms of crime, hang on, yeah. I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Catherine, Catherine. I'm going to eat the microphone. Hold on. <laughs> no, no, no. But me and Catherine are usually totally on the same page. I am the same page about this, about the gun shows. It's the worst thing about them. is not that I don't think people should be able to have guns or whatever. It's like the guy I saw at Lowe's yesterday. There's a guy open carrying in Lowe's who can't even walk in a straight line, is using a cart to balance himself and I don't know if he's drunk I don't know if he's whatever but that's a guy carrying around a handgun and I feel like and I and maybe I'm stereotyping here and I will fully admit it and maybe we can go to a gun show and report live from it but like oh you, you really <laughs> want to do that kind of because gonna, I mean I don't understand I don't understand this I, but I don't understand that culture yeah I and know. I don't I don't understand the person who needs to take a gun with them at Lowe's at 2 p.m. on a Monday you know what I mean? It's not keeping you safe in a, in a, in a, in a particularly like, you know, there's not like, it's not like there's a wolf that's going to jump out and you're like, Oh, thank God I had my gun or that black bear would have eaten me or whatever. Like this isn't a circumstance even within Lowe's, you know, the active shooters or whatever else. And it's, again, it's, it's a fevered group of people who, who go to these things. And I, that's what worries me most. It's not the, like, it's not even a lot of guns getting out of those events. It's not even the sales in the parking lot or whatever. It's this culture that surrounds those yeah. events. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that you said an important word there, which is black. I don't think it's the black bears <laughs> that they're um, so concerned about. I think it's that they're... That was not a Freud thing, but yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to wonder about they're... why you're using black bears. Too. <laughs> I think <they're... laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just no. joking. I think we only we have black, black bears. bears. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Around here, um, but so um, 
I will say that I think it's their fears and their unjustified fears of a changing world and wanting to still be dominant in it that causes a man to take a handgun to Lowe's, even yeah, though yeah. he can't walk straight. I mean, he's buying um, grass seed. And again, like, I, I know that's a hard task, but I don't think it is one you need to be armed for. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I admire know. you following him to find out what well, he was yeah, purchasing. Yeah. That's I, I'm, the, yeah, I that. admire you following him, too. Well, no, he just, I mean, it, I didn't follow him very long. I mean, we walked in, I very looked long. over, and he's like, you know, having someone help him put grass seed in a cart, which he's also using to stand up. And that, again, it, it's one of those things. It's like with cars, right? Like, I love, I loved my grandmother very much. She didn't need to be driving at some point. Yeah. At some point, you don't need to be taking we guns in public. We did take my grandma. Yeah. Not my grandma, my grandpa's keys. And this isn't point. like this isn't like a conspiracy of like a bunch of normies going to take it back the, you know, <laughs> this is how we de-arm everyone so we can take over. That's like It's me. not. It's just I don't want to get <laughs> shot by a guy who can't walk in a straight line because he can't tell the difference between, you know, me being like, hey, how you doing? And someone like being on the attack. Right. right. And so, again, gun shows and all that kind of thing, I think kind of stoke that culture yeah well will uh, well now you're you're still talking so what are you looking forward to this week <laughs> since, I, since i have my soapbox you have out the mic. <laughs> uh, you know and we say this every week i i'm looking forward to being able to look at my phone and it not being littered with horrible things that our president has done or decisions that this administration has made about um, I just can't, yeah. About our allies, mm-hmm. about people who hold us fight ISIS, about the government itself. I mean, you know, the, the, the attitude towards Congress and the powers and, and separation of powers and all that, it's terrifying. Yes. Um, and especially when, you know, the, the, the State Department and people who should be the watchdogs for this are part of the problem. So I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully maybe maybe next week and things will finally boil over yeah. or this week. I don't know. Um, but I'm looking forward to this administration coming in. And I really at some point, I don't think it's about partisan politics. I don't think it's about, um, you know, you name it. I Well, I think we should have more taxes. Well, I think we should have less taxes. It's just about the the essential fabric and decency that we want to our, our country and our values represented it's just an ongoing drama ongoing drama with trump and well, so. but with serious ramifications though yeah, yeah. you know i mean the whole, the the thing with the kurds is yeah. is yeah. heartbreaking and terrible yes yeah killing uh as they're trying to just fight for their own rights and so it's it's ridiculous. All right, so I, I don't want to talk about Trump because I get I get very upset. So sure, and I always change. I want to change the subject because I'm having a good day. And so yeah, yeah. this Sorry, was a guys. good episode. I have to say, I'm excited about this episode. No, so. I'm excited. Well, I yeah. still haven't said what I wanted to say. Can I say what I'm I? Excited. Oh, okay, well, I'm excited about what you're going to say. Well, <laughs> well, I look forward to. Um, of course, I'm always going to bring it up. The Democratic debate is tonight. Oh, Did yeah. you guys know that? Oh, oh yeah, the, the, so is, we're down to what twenty? No, we, we cut ah! it down. We cut it down to what twelve now? Fifteen? Is it, it's fifteen? I don't know. Mm, hell, I don't even 12. know the number anymore. I think it's twelve. Um, I, I'm just curious to somebody. I wish somebody would just drop out. I mean, I mean, eventually. I understand. As long as they're getting the messages out, and it's important that we provide messages. I can only listen to like five of them at yeah, a time. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But um, we're 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 weaning. Winning through this process is always a process. I do believe in the process. So, how do um, you guys think Mr. Sanders is? He had a heart attack. Oh. Okay, you know oh. what? I, you know what? I, 
Let's talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other conversation. I mean, I like Bernie. I like some of the things he's saying, but um, um, his recent health scare, you know, it does it does bring concerns. I think Bernie to me. needs to stay in for the discourse. Yeah. All right, but yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily know that. We'll see how he does. I hope that he is. Is he going to be at this? De- he's at yeah, this yeah, debate, yeah, so we'll cool. see well, how well, he's well, doing. And I hope that he has a great. Well, I hope he has a great debate. Okay, what do you guys feel about a Warren Sanders ticket? So that that's way, too you got, far left. Yeah, it's too far left. You need if you're going to have if you're going to have one one um, one person on the left, you're going to need to have somebody who's going to be central to, to to really look at the midwestern areas to make sure someone. I mean, they're not going to vote. That, I mean, even though Trump is just horrible, but I know, you know, it's no way that people in the Midwest philosophically is going to really lean sure. toward that. But however, you never know because Trump is just so, I mean, you know, well, eventually I mean, even Republicans, Republicans have to say, <laughs> my Lord, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, but, I mean, you know, that doesn't matter. But, you know, I don't want to talk about I party saw affiliations. His, I saw right his now. approval is 35 percent or 38 percent amongst women. But men men seem a little more favorable towards the man, yeah, apparently. Yeah, that's crazy. Because <laughs> he's a great businessman. Uh. But I do like Elizabeth Warren, though. I do like uh, and I like her energy. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's not about age. She just she just shows energy. Well, you know, there was a I don't know if you guys have ever seen Drunk History, but there was a early on there was a really fantastic one about William Henry Harrison, and it's this you know story about how he you know he, to prove that he wasn't an old guy, he went out and he gave his speech without having a jacket, and they go through the whole history of of, of the man and how he died shortly thereafter. <laughs> okay. Because, well, and and they conclude the thing. J.D. Reisner, who's like one of the most hilarious humans, concludes the whole thing with moral of the story is don't elect an old dude for president and uh, I love Bernie Sanders I love a lot of those people but again it begs the question how fit are you for office if you're not physically fit yeah. and then but also and Sanders is good on this front I don't know about Joe Biden how mentally fit are you oh, at yeah. 78 yeah I and, and just and frankly how in touch with you uh, I, I know uh, a few elderly people but how in touch are they with Someone who's 39, someone who's 29, someone who's 19. You know what I mean? So I think it's a, I think it's a real good, uh, and again, I love Bernie Sanders, but I think it's a good thing to consider now. Yeah. I I, I like, I like Bernie and, and I like Joe. Uh, Joe's funny to me, um, but <laughs> but but that's you know funniness aside. I mean, you, need, you look you're really looking for someone who's going to be the leader of the free world. Even though he does, I I, I laugh every time he says some of the things he does say. Uh, he reminds me of me <laughs> when I say some. I'll say some things, but but we'll see about that. I, I personally feel it's not going to be Joe or Bernie. It's going to be someone else, and um, and whoever it is, we'll we'll know shortly and soon. So sure. But uh, hey, this maybe, gonna... maybe we'll know him tonight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I doubt it. But... Everyone else is going to drop out. Yeah, everybody's going to drop out. will hit the floor and then <laughs> they'll just be silent and they're like, well, and they just put up the banner. Yeah, yeah. Somehow, I yeah. don't think. Well, no. guys, thank you. Thank you. This is, um, we uh, actually taped our podcast here in the new Colors VA headquarters. So, so, so very, thank you for joining us today. It's so fancy. Oh, I don't Come know on fancy. by. I don't know about fancy. Okay, just be careful when you come in here. <laughs> <laughs> but really enjoy you guys being here today. Thank you, and thank you for listening to Our Voices, Our Community, presented by Colors VA Magazine. 
You can also listen to us each Sunday at 3 p.m. on WROE 95.7 Radio Free Roanoke. And if you like what you heard today, leave us a review. Also, be sure to like Our Voices, Our Community on Facebook. Thank you and have a blessed day.